downturns and all, how we maintain that consciousness. At times it's pretty strong, but then it takes those turns and how it goes through the whole journey. Right. So we'll take both of these little separately, the changing circumstances and the changing seasons, because seasons are something natural, which you know. <clears throat> so changing circumstances, yes, as I said, you see when everything is favorable, then the ordinary person, average person, he makes a response. What is his response? Ah, I am doing it. How wonderful. God is with me. I am his instrument. Like the gods of the Kain Upanishads. But the yogin is very vigilant. There is a line in the Gita. Ya nisha sarva bhutanam tasya jagrati sanyami. What is vigilant about? Pride, arrogance, egoism of the doer, the worker, egoism of the instrument. Lord, let me remain humble, not before others, but before the divine. It's not about showing to others how humble I am. No, to the divine that it's thou who art doing, thou art infinite. And to always keep that humility, which is a safeguard. Everything is going fine. At that point of time to remain humble is very difficult. People are, you know, success is the most difficult test because people get swollen with pride. Now, when there are other circumstances adverse, again we see two kinds of reactions. The ordinary reaction, giving up, given up. Hogane. And the extraordinary consciousness, the one being prepared to do the divine work, this is the path I have chosen. Till my last breath, I will do it. Unless the divine himself comes and takes away that work and gives something else. Just because there is an obstacle, I will come back with renewed vigor, redoubled vigor. Tripled vigor. It's a very good training. And even to children, it's a very good training to teach them. When there is a challenge of life, to do it. Not to, you know, oh, my child, you know, this happened. No. To take up the challenge and do it. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Till the limit of your effort. Not till you succeed. There may be a limit of the effort. <laughs> Then you will see that the resources will increase. That's how the mother works, incidentally, in this yoga. It's not like, okay, now I have achieved and now I'm in a wonderful state. She will raise the bar. Often the example which was given was that somebody was doing weightlifting and mother is watching. So, 10 kilo, then she puts another 10 kilo, so 20, then 30, then 40. Finally, at 100, the person says, mother, I can't do further. All right, now you think that it is not you, but I who am lifting it. All right, another few kilos and it's the mother who is lifting the weight. This is the difference. It's not that extraordinary people do not do different things. They do the same thing differently. It is the consciousness which makes a difference. 
So in every circumstance, we can make these two responses. One is finding a door of escape, an excuse for complacency and the worst is always complaining. Mother has said, if you complain, circumstances, what can I do? The politician is bad, this is bad, nobody is helping me, nobody is supporting me. She says, if you complain, all kinds of adverse forces enter, complain and grumble. It doesn't matter. Let the whole world be what it is. As long as we remember that Krishna is driving our chariot, what does it matter? When we take, live with this attitude that the Divine Mother is carrying us, what does it matter? Why do doubts come? They come because we are focused on success. If we look closely into it, we want to succeed. The joy of effort, which is a joy of consecration, even if it be small effort, but consecrating it, how does it matter? When we prepare any, it applies everywhere. Let's say you prepare a dish and nobody appreciates. Oh, I took so much care and you know, nobody really likes it. What was Sabri's consciousness? I am doing it for my Lord. And I am offering it to the Lord. What does it matter? She would taste it and give it. <laughs> let the world appreciate or not appreciate. When we have offered, let us say, the food to the divine when we are cooking it. So what is that food? It is prasad. After that, people may appreciate, may not appreciate. You have not done it for them. <laughs> if they like it, good. If they don't like it, good. It's okay. I have done it for the joy of consecrating with everything. Everything, this should be the attitude. If you get this thing, fine. If you don't get, fine. That should be the... That's why equanimity is a practice. Fundamental practice in yoga. Calm, peace, equanimity. For a couple of years, one must just get this into the head, into the heart, into the bones, in the blood, in the system. Every time there is a reaction... Calm, peace, equanimity, 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 shanti, 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 samta, shanti, samta. Jab tak wo way of life nahi ban jata. So this is with regard to changing circumstances. What is important is not the difficulties and obstacles, but inside the state. This should be always kept aligned. If there is lack of joy, we must, you know, look into lack of joy in work is always, always, always because of an insincerity. It is a perfect sign that something within me is not sincere. So I have to discover it. There are countless insincerities, not one. So we have to once again get the needle right. The sign that we are moving on the road, on the target is that there is an increase in joy. Even if there are countless obstacles. Because there is a growing closeness with the divine. He is Anandamaya, isn't it? And all depression, complaining, grumbling is a sign that somewhere I am not on the right track. Maybe I am trying to be serious. But I am not on the right track. So let me realign myself. That means the GPS is telling us, you are on the wrong road. Get back. Get back, get back. So realign. If that happens, take a little break. 
plunge inside. Look, where is my insincerity? And they are countless. In fact, Mother says, sincerity begins when we know I am insincere. <laughs> and then we realign and say, okay, that was it. Maybe I was wanting a result. Maybe I am lacking in that full concentration. Maybe I have not consecrated. I am saying I have given to you, but I have not consecrated really to you. Maybe faith is missing. Whatever it be, ask for it. And then carry on. This is the circumstance. Then there are seasons. Seasons are, as I said, in, in ancient Indian tradition, we had a system of these four ashramas, one ashramas. So initially you gather the, the first ashrama, Brahmachari ashram. When you really gather all, equip yourself. That's what education initially was about. I don't know whether this concept exists anywhere in the world or not. Even in India it has been forgotten. What is the first initial 20 years of education are about? Getting a job? Getting a degree? Being good-mannered? But making a solid basis. Basis of strength. Basis of character. Basis of truth. Making the instrumental nature, developing the capacities which can be put to good use. So if we focus on that, then we have the first ashram. If you navigate well in this stage, then the next ashram is Grahastha ashram. You have the experiences, countless experiences. When you are a householder, when you are taking things, that is the time when you are engaging deeply with the world, the challenge of life. So those people think we'll do it after maybe 60. Well, <laughs> this is the age. Go ahead and meet the challenge of life. And then we have the one prast. When slowly one is withdrawing and entering into deeper and deeper states, exploring beyond all that one has done or thought. And then we have the sannyasa ashram, when one completely cuts off and plunges. Now naturally, we have to do it in a very different way. <coughs> First, equip yourself. Don't rush into action madly. If you want to do a great work, equip. <coughs> there are a number of youngsters who, who, uh, who have this urge to do something, but they are not well equipped and they rush into activity. That's not the way. You have this idea, hold it inside. And now start equipping yourself in every way, inwardly, outwardly. Then comes the next stage when you are releasing yourself, those energies into a beautiful action. Not just an action where one is to, you know, living only for oneself. Even kuttabili karte hain. Cats and dogs do it. They have a little house. The cat feeds the kitten and uh, has as many kitten and as many... Thank you. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. Thank you. And that's okay, I'll take it. Has as many kitten, as many pups as possible. That life is one kind of life. Release into action. Live mightily. Live strongly. Do not be afraid of living, loving, conquering new domains. But not for one's own sake. For the sake of something beautiful, larger good, 
<clears throat> if not for God, at least the larger good of the humanity, at least this is the minimum. Then a stage comes when slowly you have to prepare those. There are people who don't do it. They don't realize. You have to prepare the next. So you have to slowly step back. And you have to prepare the next line because it's not your work. It's an idea that has manifested. That idea has to go beyond our bodies. So there are various ways of preparing it. To set up systems, to prepare people, pick up who can really carry it on. And you are slowly disengaging from that and entering into something still deeper. It's not about retirement. It's about the logical and then you have the final part of the journey. It's not about age. But when you really focus on the beyond, the further beyond this life. Very often people say in old age we have nothing to do. There is something you can do. Let's see what, what some suggestions. Krishna, some suggestion. What should we do when we are 80? You give, give an idea. What should I do if I tell you when I am 80? Yes. Alright. One option. Another option. Let's have many options. Go trekking. Do as many activities as possible. Do? As many activities as possible. Have fun as much as you can. Have fun. Good. Now, yes? Try not to sleep in. Try not to? Sleep in. Sleep in. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll make it, yes, yes. Explore around. Explore around. Okay, I'll, I'll make it a little more concrete. You know, when people grow old, many people eventually one day pass away. I don't like to use the word death. They just pass away. Pass away into another dimension, yes? Like if you know that you pass away soon, have as much fun with your family, explore around. How much fun will be much fun? <laughs> I like this fun idea. No, that's okay. That's okay, perfectly fine. As much as. Now if I know that today I got a telegram. Today is your last day. Where will I go and what should I do? Let's go step by step. Yes. Go to a place where you like or you feel comfortable. And then do what? I go to a place where I like. Um, go to one of the like maybe restaurants or the best food areas where you could spend time with your family, have a big chat. Um, and okay, now imagine. Now I am told my watch is ticking. There is one hour. I can't go to family. My family is away in Timbuktu. Heard of the place? And my mobile charger is down. I can't even charge it. And I am full in stomach and I can't even order a good food. I have one hour. What will I do in one hour? Are my legs are now it is one hour. Watch TV, <laughs> plugged out. <laughs> plugged out. Can I be posting uh, a letter to 
Like, no. Um, don't really uh, stress about how how long it will take to get to the place wherever your family is. Just try to relax, write a note, and um, just probably don't sleep in. Then. Okay, you're coming good. Now I'll ask you one more. It is said that when you are going to depart, there are two kinds of thought. One, when you are going to depart, there is nothing. You just, you know, wither away. Another is that just before you depart, it has been said by some who have explored this domain that suddenly God appears before you. And imagine He came before you. Imagine! And told you, you ask anything you want to ask. You have one hour to live or maybe a few moments to live. Few moments, that's it. And God appears. What will you ask? Yes? He will ask to uh, maybe let, instead of posting a card which might take a little longer, maybe ask God to like, um, uh, maybe ask him to, if he can bring, um, can means he can do everything. You, huh? Only you can't say ki I want to, uh, you know. You can say I want to live again. You can even say that. That is what he does anyways. That's for granted. Okay, okay, fine, good. Now I am going to give you a few options. God gives you five options. One is you can spend time with your family. Second is you can watch TV. God can probably, you know, make your TV work. Okay. Third option he gives you is, you have a future life ahead and I am going to make it as beautiful as you want it to be. No? So you see, we are thinking only of our family and this. Okay, we can make other, I will get you the nice pizza from... Italy. <laughs> okay, so we have these options. And, and another option is, I can make you the most beautiful human being in time to come before, which you have always wanted to be. And you could not. I am going to give you that in time to come. Um, you could either do the first one or the fifth one? Yes. That's logical, isn't it? If, so, you know the option that you gave that um, your next life will be beautiful and stuff like that? Yeah. Will that beautiful be for the other people around you as well? What should it be? You tell me. You have to ask. God is giving you the choice. Should it be beautiful only for you? Next life beautiful for everybody. So choose that because it gives a benefit for yourself and for others. Very beautiful. And I would ask you one question in return. You know, there should be a return question. <laughs> return gift. When you have a beautiful life for yourself, does it not automatically in a sense become beautiful for others? What about a rose which is blooming? When the rose blooms, don't we all get the joy? Isn't it? So when we have a beautiful life within, it radiates to all. But you are right. It should not be just beautiful for me. It should be beautiful for others. See? So now, where, where did the whole question change from pizza and fun and TV to all these things, beautiful things, when God came into the picture? Isn't it? 
Now if I tell you that every moment you have this choice, every day when you wake up, you can make this choice. Well, we don't know what is going to happen. So what choice you will make every day? try and make the best um, days or uh, years that you still have um, yes you can um, try like I think yes so now the word best is coming we are going beyond pizza and TV right <laughs> we are going beyond fun pizza and TV are there they are not to be taken away by the way okay <laughs> but we grow into the best possible, isn't it? So that's what we should strive for. And after that, so in the last season I am talking of, we were talking of the last season. But every day if we live like that, then we are ready in the last season. If all our life we are thinking about only children and grandchildren, what will happen in the last season? We will do this. If all our life we are thinking of pizza and TV, then what will happen in the end? Pizza and TV. Whatever we are occupied with all our life, that is what we will be preoccupied with in the last season of life. So you decide what you want the last season to be and let your preoccupation start from today. Get it? Yes. And now what is this question? <laughs> I've got basically two questions like yesterday, but they're very similar. Yes. Um, why do we usually use sweets as a gift? And um, why are sweets like the uh, like uh, moral thing to say, like happy Diwali or something like that? I agree. What do you think we should give? Let's ask you. If you had a choice, I don't like to give sweets. What would you like to give? Uh, I would like to give like a nice card. Okay. Let's see. Let's see what are the types of gifts we can give to others. Yes. Happiness, joy. Happiness, joy. Excellent. And how would you give happiness and joy? You gather all your family around. Go to some place where you all like to enjoy. Okay. What else? Um, yeah. Supposing you gather your family around in a very grumpy face. Uh, and you are complaining. Uh, they will say, why did you call me? <laughs> so what will give people happiness and joy? You are giving it. You are giving it. Since the last two days, both of you are giving a lot of happiness and joy. <laughs> you know how? <laughs> By simply smiling from the heart. Isn't it? So it's not that you have to give sweets. It's very unfortunate that we have to give sweets. People uh, use it a lot. And uh, why do they yeah, that's why we are having all this discussion because they have just got habituated to doing things in a certain way. Okay? So they are habituated to do things in a certain way but as they grow, as they evolve, they realize like you that this is not the best thing to do. Maybe we could give a card. Maybe we could just wish something from the heart. Maybe we could simply say, have a beautiful life. Instead of saying happy Diwali, which means actually nothing. If you have to make one wish, would you wish only happy Diwali on this day you, you have a... Means what about that tomorrow? Uh, oh. You would uh, give like... You would give them a happy smile and 
um, like if you're having a festival, a party or something like that, um, try to make them happy. Yeah, that we discuss. But if you have to wish, what would be the wish? Happy Diwali or happy life? Yeah. Right. Now, should you wish it only on Diwali day or every day? Happy. That, that's it. Why so much fuss about, you know, on Diwali day I will go and take uh, sweets and say, Happy Diwali and Merry Christmas and uh, Happy Holi. Why? Every day are we so conjus that we cannot wish? Hey, every morning we should wish people... Have a beautiful life ahead. At least have a beautiful day ahead. What do we wish normally? Hi. It means nothing actually, except that I recognize you. That you recognize, it doesn't matter. I would rather say, have a beautiful day. In Pondicherry we say sometimes, Bonjour. Good morning. Have a beautiful day. In Diwali I would wish... Have a beautiful and luminous life ahead. Diwali is about light over darkness. Even if there is dense darkness. That is the lesson of Diwali, no? You know where, what is the day when Diwali is celebrated? Amavasya. Who said Amavasya? Oh. <laughs> and what is Amavasya about? No moon. No moon or no moon, whatever you want to put it. It's dense, dark. So what are you trying to say? Not by crackers, but by lamps. When you light lamps, what are you trying to say? Even if there is total darkness, I still will light a lamp. I am not afraid of darkness. I still have hope. I still have light. And I am going to light a lamp. Even if there is total darkness. Otherwise, what happens? People are afraid. Oh, it's dark, it's dark. Or they just give sweets. This is the message of Diwali. Yeah? And please stop giving sweets. This is my personal request. Yeah, people like me get diabetes and then I blame it on others. Please stop giving sweets on any occasion. I hope some sweet meat shop person is not listening. Honestly, it is the worst thing to do, whatever its logic be. And I know what kind of distorted logic works there. Just give some lovely flowers, some nice card. If you have to give something to it, make with your own hands and give. Isn't it beautiful? Sweets, you know what it conveys when somebody gives sweets? I get a feeling that, you know, he is really not interested in giving anything. He just wants to throw his money and show that he has given something. So, throws the money and gives. But when you make an effort to give a conscious thought and you bring something and give it, isn't it something more beautiful? Yes. Okay, now we'll have the other children ask questions. Yeah. <laughs> Who told you? Who told you? What is a child? Is child only by age? No. Oh. Mommy says that um, child only There is a child in everyone. As long as you feel you have to grow up, as long as you have wonder, as long as you take life with a smile full of hope, in the future you are a child. Okay? So we are all children. So let's go to the next level of children. Yes. <laughs> 
that is acceptable. <laughs> acceptable. That's what I said. At least you have, then it's not just sweets, it's love. And if you have done it with an offering to the divine, then it's prasad. Not throw money and buy and 500 rupees sweet. That's meaning, at least that's how I look at it. Somebody does it to me, I feel it's really... The person is not really interested in giving something, but wants to make it appear that I am giving something. When you give something, it is to be given with joy in the heart, with feeling. Okay? Not with calculation, not with a slipshod casual work. Alright? Okay. What else? Yes. Now, we'll let your mama ask. Yes. Yes. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is what was the role of Hanuman? I was always wondering. We always seen him as a great bhakta, a greater bhakta. But what was his like symbol in the whole Ramayana, along with helper? Rama and Hanuman are both same consciousness of the divine, but they enter into two bodies. One is the Rama is the one who has to lead the age to the next level. And someone has to represent what is to be led and how it is to be led. You know, that's the beauty. That's why if you go back to the origin, who is uh, Hanuman? He is the incarnation of Shiva. So, he becomes Hanuman. He has to be led. How to lead? Because Rama is there to lead. An animal humanity towards a more illumined humanity. But someone has to allow and show that how this humanity has to be led. It's not enough. Both have to be coming together. So the Bhagawan also becomes the Bhakta. And therefore Hanuman shows by his own life how to consecrate the animal mind, the animal vital so that it can be uplifted and illuminated towards something far beyond that present stage. And by his example, he shows us a perfect synthesis of these three. Buddhi, Bal, which he changes into Seva, and Bhakti. All the three are beautifully united in him. Everything in his life is a consecration to the divine. So it's a perfect example of how we should lead our life in total consecration to the divine which will uplift us. It is not enough just to have bhakti in the heart. It must translate in itself into service to the Lord. And it's not enough just to have bhakti which is ignorant. There should be bhakti which is illumined. Look at Hanuman's bhakti. You know when Hanuman goes to Lanka, he could burn whole of Lanka. He could have got Sita along with him. He doesn't do that. Do you know why he doesn't do that? That is the difference. He is a bhakta who has the jnana inside. Because Rama has not asked him to do it. And because Sita doesn't tell him to do it. Look at the obedience to the divine will. He came by the Akash, no? He could escape all the missile systems. So he could just carry Sita and come. But Rama has not told him to do it. And Sita has not asked him to do it. 
that's the end of anuman his his buddhi is surrendered consecrated not like no 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 i can do it come on so look at the his buddhi is put to test several times when he is going to cross anuman is a beautiful i mean a symbol of many things we all have a little anuman inside us but is forgotten you know the gods have made him come down on the ground grounded when does hanuman recover all his strength when he has to do the work for the divine so when we do work for the divine then we recover all our god like possibilities like hanuman before that he is forgotten like us we are vismrit hanuman is forgotten what he can do and what he cannot do he thinks he is just an ordinary monkey that he goes and he goes and does it then hanuman has plasticity also on one side he surrendered in obedience but it's not a rigid strength look at the plasticity when sursa confronts him sursa has come to test whether he is capable of doing this task or not so you know this story no or oh, you don't know the story okay so hanuman has to cross the ocean and sursa is a goddess but she wants to test whether he is he can do this work or not so she assumes the form of a demoness and she stands on his path so hanuman says that look you know ma please let me go she says no i want to eat you so hanuman is known to speak truth always so when you speak always truth whatever you say becomes truth so hanuman says तो माँ फिर तू मुझे खा ना ले नो इट इज वेरी क्रिप्टिकली एज इफ इट मी बट ही इज ऑल्सो टोल्ड यू डोंट इट मी यू विल नॉट इट मी सो सी ओपन द माउथ सो हनुमान बिकम्स डबल इन साइज इट्स अ वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग स्टोरी लिविंग अ साइड द फैसिनेटिंग पार्ट ऑफ इट सो सुरसा बिकम्स स्टिल फर्दर हनुमान बिकम्स स्टिल फर्दर दिस वेरी नाइस तुलसीदास रामायण कैप्चर सिटेड ज्यो ज्यो सुरसा बदन बढ़ावा तास दून कपी रूप दिखावा सो अल्टीमेटली शी ओपन द माउथ वाइड नाउ वट हनुमान डज इंडली बिकम्स वेरी स्मॉल टाइनी एज एट विद्या यू नो इन हट योगा एंड सर्टेन फॉर्म्स ऑफ योगा यू हैव सर्टेन विद्या सर्टेन सिद्धीज वन ऑफ देम इज अनिमा लघिमा गरिमा महिमा so anima is you can become very small mahima you can become very big garima you can become very like angad's paw he is a hat yogi so he says you try to move my feet he is a hat yogi lagima you can become very tiny so he enters anima is light and this is tiny so he as that siddhi she become very small enters into the mouth of sursa before she can close he comes out Says I have fulfilled my promise. You let me go. Then she says I had come to test you. So Hanuman doesn't uh, just you know okay I'll uh, challenge everywhere I must use my mukha. He uses his intelligence Vivek because his focus is on the Lord's work, not in engaging in a duel and trying to prove a point. Then there is a very touching story of about Hanuman how he. you know he is seva when the mena appears out of the ocean and says that 
please rest for some time on my uh, place i'll give you nice food and all he says no i must finish god's work then i will rest so what he does is touches manak for a moment the take it that i have rested and goes further so he is all the time engaged in and the way it is described that how hanuman goes into each and every chamber to find sita because mind you he has never seen sita so he sees various women sleeping enjoying nicely decked so you know how he knows ki no sita can't be there he has never seen sita but he knows what it would be the consciousness of sita a woman who loves rama like this she will never be seen happily sleeping merrily on a nice bed in rama's ravana's palace with all the abhushan so he goes all the rooms and says sita can't be here look at how we judge human beings we judge them externally but hanuman knows by consciousness and then of course he goes to ashok vatika and sees and is hiding there and hears and drops the ring which is so hanuman's life is very inspiring it's it's about the consecration and eventual transformation of the vital complete conversion of the vital if not transformation conversion of the vital is and the best way to convert this uh, vital which is always engaged in ambition and all the, all the offshoots of that fears is to put it at the service of the lord that's what hanuman's life is and he fulfills his mission of life there are many stories of hanuman which are that the one i know who came closest to serving like hanuman is champaklal ji to shurbindra and the mother 24/7 he would eat very little so that he doesn't have to go to the bathroom and spend more time that's the way he served and then you develop all these you know capacities yes sir for developing the fearlessness and courage in ourselves and in children what what can we practically for ourselves first because then only it will radiate so if we have courage it will spontaneously get transmitted so most important thing is to remember that the divine is all the time 24/7 with us every time we have circumstances and situation of course there are different ways stoics will develop it very differently they will just say face so face the difficulty but with this constant state of remembrance that divine is with us all the time and that gives the deepest fount of courage and then if there is a difficulty and challenge face it go through it that way the fears you know the best way of overcoming fear even psychologically face it of course there is a third way is about rationally looking at it that also helps to an extent if you are afraid of something try to understand what it is that i am so afraid of many times we'll discover that my fears are disproportionate to the actual thing one sees snake somewhere he is lying there he is not going to bite me unless i step on the tail most of the time when a snake bites 
they are non-poisonous and one doesn't die because they bite. But we have certain inbuilt fears. So we have to get over them through these means. And for um, children, apart from this, that you know, teaching them to face life difficulties, looking at life very objectively, squarely, with reason, with the courage to face it, they should also be engaged in a lot of uh, physical education and uh, actual challenges which you know you you are given like in in physical life uh, because it it helps to overcome the fear but when they actually meet it and it's a controlled way but they become capable of doing it when they actually face life and difficulties i know in in pondicherry ashram for example they are taught how to fall you know in in judo one of the first lessons is how to fall so they are taught how to fall so i know couple of students so when they met with an accident their instinct was to jump roll over and roll on the ground something which could have been fatal what do we oh my god truck is coming and we are gone but just goes into the system instead of reacting with fear they react with the right response in every situation there is a right response fearless does not mean that okay i'll go and dash into the i am not afraid fearlessness also include like hanuman the right response in every situation so certain things through training and learning children for children especially they must learn to give the right response so for example when they now courage has many dimensions one of them is speaking the truth so in education one of the things to be taught is never to punish a child when he speaks the truth he has confessed don't punish but you say we appreciate that you have been truthful but don't do it for these reasons it's harmful etc but never to punish a child when he speaks the truth otherwise most important never bring fear between you and the child in fact the whole idea of reward and punishment is never a good idea very primitive notion I'll give you chocolate if you don't cry i'll give you this then children believe that when they grow up they should live only to earn chocolates which changes into big chocolates and <laughs> bigger chocolates and so equally fear because there are two sides of the same coin fear and favor are two sides of the same coin if we instill a seeking for pleasure then the shrinking from pain will come because there you know there that's why the dualities <laughs> if you want to be a good guy you will have the bad in the shadows that's why when it is said you serve the divine rather than trying to be just righteous it's, it's a profound psychological principle in it so the ability to say courageously and there are beautiful stories in uh, our own scriptures satyakam jabali heard of this shakuntala all of them are stories of truth if you teach them the value of truth you would actually make them fearless without doing much teach them to be not only to be truthful but to instill in them this this thought this conviction 
that ultimately it is truth that triumphs. Satya meyu jayate nandritam. People often ask, yeah, but they see all around. I said, what do they see all around? Somebody won in a court case and somebody couldn't do it. That's not victory of truth. Look at history. Our most recent history. Okay, forget Ramayana, Mahabharata. People will say they are myths. The most recent example, last century, was of the two great wars. On one side was Hitler with his propaganda machine and an army which was prepared to run over nations and civilizations without the least qualm. What happened at the end? Isn't this a great lesson of history? Okay, there are many soldiers who died, who may not have seen that. But when it is said, Satya Meva Jayate Nandatam, this is what it means. Look at India, India's freedom. So, 600 years of slavery against an empire in about which it was said that the sun never set, sets in the British Empire. Alright. What was the result at the end of the day? And look today, 60 years down the line, which ship is sinking and which ship is rising? That's the lesson of life they must get. To look beyond a, you know, 10 years, 20 years and look at the larger. And then they will see, who is immortal today? Krishna, Arjuna, Pandavas or Duryodhana. Nobody wants to name the son Duryodhana. But during their own lifetime, Duryodhana and Dushasana must have been. People must have been afraid. Or Chandragupta. That's why these serials have a value. You must expose children to that. Look, you know, Dhananand. Then the Chanakya tells him, what happened to Dhananand? Where was he washed away? People, many people don't even know the name of Dhananand. Unless they actually watch the serial. But Chanakya and Chandragupta are immortalized. So always, 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 eventually it is truth that triumphs and not falsehood. And this must be taught to children through stories, through exposure to such serials. I am surprised why these serials are not shown in schools. Some kind of convention that no, they must read only books. I wish I was shown, I would have enjoyed it. <clears throat> Look at Shivaji again. The entire Mughal Empire, which was supposed to be invincible because it's not just the Mughals, it is Pathans, it is Rajputs, it is uh, many types of armies and of course Mughals, Afghans. What is Shivaji's army? Handful of mad people <laughs> led by one man who had the sword of Bhavani. Why these stories are there? Shivaji is not some mythol mythological figure. He is very contemporary. Look at the story of Maran Pratap. We have so many stories of truth wins and very contemporary. Even if you know, you oh, no, no, it's there in Ramayana and Mahabharata. It's there. As I said, teach children that Rani Ki Jhansi actually had the last laugh. From the pyre and the grave we rise and truth rises, takes new bodies and wins the victory. Provided it is truth. It's not that any idea and every idea is truth and therefore it will win the victory. Truth will win the victory. That's why I often say that people should be so careful when they build their lives individually and 
collectively and life of a nation it should be built on grounding of truth if you don't do it look at indian civilization it has thrived and survived so many onslaughts which civilization has survived its its past greece rome egypt forgotten persia middle east such rich past gone why is it that in india you continue to have the vedic age and upanishadic age because that was the foundation because some rishi uttered satyameva jayate nanritam satyena panthavitato deviyana ye nashnoti rityev kam yapt kama this is the way they showed the path that's why it has survived because its its foundations are on truth that's why whatever you may do this civilization will not drown because its foundations are there the rishis didn't built uh, india is how do we remember india in the early days of india we remember the vedas and the upanishads what was the geographical boundary it comes much later so what was the foundation they put into the making of india truth and they watered it with courage with love with gyana with tapas that's why you may have thousands and tens of thousands of corrupt people but a drop of truth the foundations are so powerful it will rebuild itself it will never fully go that's the beauty of which one can see now through 100 years back somebody would have said no way actually that time the moderates believed that you can't get full independence so let us have pact that's why they have the garam dal and the naram dal no and shurabindo that time said purna swaraj and he predicted he foresaw it he said it's impossible to wherever so when life is built on foundation of truth that's the beauty of such a life and we should teach our children and also show them by parallel examples where foundation was not truth and what happened eventually and more and more we are going to see it whether you may wear the cloak of a baba ji it doesn't matter it's the age of truth you may fool million followers but it'll catch up on you you may be a billionaire you may be the president of america look how the age of truth is fast dawning upon mankind we have seen all this in our lifetime no impeachment of the president of the mightiest nation did we imagine this can happen all these things we are seeing because it's the age of truth you are given a chance to change like ravana so it's not that it will not come it will be given a chance everybody with a little uh, hope will be given a chance and if he is responding he will be given more chance and long rope but the day you you know decide eventually truth has the last word teach children this through stories through serials through real life examples and above all through our own example yes role model living example it has a power it it activates there is a little difference between these two words role model is still something very external but somebody who lives by truth even when nothing is seen it's it has a very occult unseen influence that radiates from the way a person lives the life even if you don't tell anything it just percolates into the children
any other questions which we have left Yes. He's touching upon Hanuman's story again that he was always following the will of God. We, how do we know what is the will of God for our life? Be like Hanuman and aspire for it. What did Hanuman do to deserve it? You know, if you go into the past of Hanuman, he was driven by this anguish. I want to know what I am born for. Very amazing his story. Of course, we know the background. He was born of Shankar, Shavan, Kesari, Nandan. But if you go through adolescence and early years of Hanuman, he went through a lot of inner turmoil like many adolescents. He went through adolescent crisis. He was so strong, Wali and Sugriv could have given him the kingdom and he could have actually taken it. Have you ever raised this question? How come he didn't have the kingdom and Wali and Sugriv had it? One, he forgot his strength. Even then, it, he didn't care about it. And what was his care about what is true? So he knew that it wrong has been done to Sugriva and I must take his side. That was the kind of life he was leading, but always wanting deep inside, what am I born for? What am I born for? And then suddenly one day Rama walks. So we have, there is a phase through which he passes. So often when we read Hanuman's life, we just read ki, you know, uh, most of the traditional stories will tell us jab Hanuman se Ram mile, waan se Hanuman ka chapter suru ho jata hai, kishkinda kand and you know, you have a little background. But if you read through Hanuman's life, Hanuman has sought this. So if you aspire to know the divine will, I really want to do, to serve you. Lord, the Lord will ensure that you serve. Then you don't have to worry. But it should be sincere. It's not easy to serve the Lord. Because then you have to be in equanimity, success, failure, shi, toshna, sukh, dukesu, hani, labho, jaya, jayo. You see the whole Gita is to prepare to serve the Lord. Then we can't say I want to serve the Lord but you know it will be nice if I have a comfortable house. No. You are sent to Lanka, fine. Life may be threatened, all right. So, but if the will is, if the aspiration is there, then the Lord. This aspiration is actually to prepare us. And the sincerity will prepare us, you know. So, that is what is important. If you seek it, you will know it. Because the Lord is seated in every heart. That is the premise. How he will reveal, that is, well, as we were saying, in each one the law of truth unfolds itself. To someone it may be this task, to somebody something else. To someone it may be, do something in India to another person, do something in Australia, to a third person, do something somewhere else. It's not like a uniform thing. But that will, you will know if you have the aspiration to serve. It's not something which you has to follow looking at someone else. It is called in nice term nowadays, my calling. So even before we go to that will of the Lord, there is something called as Swadharma. My calling is the uh, nearest which comes to that. So, Swadharma is inbuilt programming of the soul in a particular life to uh, fulfill God's will in you. Till you reach a point where you can say Sarva Dharma and Parityaja. But the, so, Swadharma is the closest. How to know Swadharma? Swadharma is entangled with desires and ambition. That's why we can't make out. By the time we have got a job, we have forgotten. 
But if you observe children when they are growing up, that comes to children. One of the things is to make them aware of that Sudharma. There are children who by nature are, you know, like born leaders. And they express in weird ways. And very often the the standardizing them is what was that famous song? We want no education. You become standard product. Or you sit in the class and be like, but he's a born leader. Even in the class he will lead. <laughs> Lead the naughty group. It's a swadharma. The kshatriya type will always seek justice. There is another person who wants to know more and more. How, 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 why? So, swadharma is a very important aspect. And in child education, it should be integrated. It's a huge, big subject. But you can observe children from childhood. You will know the Sudharma. In ancient India, there was a very interesting way. How to know the Sudharma? Not by surname, incidentally. But there is there used to be a custom called as, uh, I don't know whether uh, you are aware or not, that few things, objects were kept in front of the child. When the child began to crawl. And it is very mechanical way. And like which object the child will very naturally get drawn to. It was like that. So, that's how even the, um, the Dalai Lamas are chosen incidentally. Relics of Buddha and things like that. But this was a... If you do it with a right occult atmosphere and invocation, maybe it may work. I, I don't know. But right from childhood, the child will show signs of what is his Swadharma. Then whatever he does, he should follow in line with it. Some children are born for, let's say, military. Kshatriya by their Sudharma. Or they may go into any sphere, but they will fight for what is right. It's good. So, but we get job oriented. Then we get ambition oriented. Then we get desire oriented. And worst comes when we get money oriented. So it's all forgotten. So Sudharma is important. And then of course the divine will. Divine will comes when you surrender even that. It may sound difficult, but we should start it. The difficulty gets solved by starting. You know, there is a famous Latin phrase, solvitor, ambulando, this very nice. How to solve the difficulty? The difficulty is solved by solving it. It's a paradox. <laughs> If I say, thinking, you know, what should I do, what I should not do? Do what you are impelled to do. <laughs> and you see, the path will open when you walk. I can't know all the path sitting here, I can't plan. A whole path, how it will shape. Fix your mind on the goal. That's all that is required. That's how Shivinda puts it. Swami Vivekananda would say, take up one idea, let it become your life, let it flow in your veins and blood. Fix your mind in the goal and keep your mind onto that and that goal will emerge from inside, not by society and others and what they will say. Now our file has been corrupted, it's true. But doesn't matter, let's start. We can always start and say, maybe I have not looked at it like this, but I want to look at it like this. So as we proceed, maybe... 
you know there are two approaches sometimes people say take you know when they hear all this they say oh but now i am 40 50 what can i do now now if we take that approach for the next 30 years we'll remain the same or i can take that approach maybe let me start now even if i cannot fulfill in this life i have lives before me स्वल्पमस्य धर्मस्य त्रायतो भातो महात दैट्स व्हाट ही टेल्स टू अर्जुन कृष्णा इवन ए लिटिल बिट ऑफ प्रैक्टिस ऑफ दिस योगा लिबरेट्स यू फ्रॉम मच फियर सो वेयर एवर वी आर व्हाट एवर बी द एज व्हेन एवर व्हेन वी फील दिस इज द पाथ लेट्स स्टार्ट लेट्स स्टार्ट वॉकिंग मे बी अ फ्यू इन्फेंट स्टेप्स व्हील फॉल्स स्टम्बल डजेंट मैटर एवरी चाइल्ड फॉल्स हंड्रेड टाइम्स बिफोर ही लर्न्स टू वॉक एंड रन बट इफ ही इज afraid of making mistakes and falling then it's the perfection of the paralyzed child right. and what is the joy in doing easy things i really look at it like everybody wants to do easy things honestly i mean what is the charm in doing easy thing i personally i just don't understand this is my now personal take on it when you take challenges of life and take up difficult things it doesn't matter what it may be anything <laughs> isn't it when you as a child solve a puzzle and it's a many thousand pieces puzzle and have you experienced this you you day and night and then you know you <laughs> how when you have a puzzle and a challenge and it how it moves into your head some people give up oh it's difficult But when you take the then the joy that you get and ultimately when you finish it ah that aha feeling so life is that challenge and uh, do difficult things we are born to do difficult things and we should be happy and proud that man has been chosen to do difficult things anything else you last words it say 10 so we have little time maybe 10 minutes if you want we can read some magic till you have a question i'll look for some magic lines in savitri shall we read then close it with and we can later on continue informally <coughs> we have to close today with om anand mai chaitanya mai satyamai parmeshwar this is the last session so let me read <coughs> savitri is faced with a choice she has to ask a boon we were talking of boon no now think about it what are the boons we were asking now look what savitri asks she is our inspiration she is given a choice you can have ultimate indefinite fun in the ultimate space where death cannot touch time cannot reach you and satyavan together what does she say she says no that's not what i am seeking i want satyavan here upon earth so that together we can build heaven here and that's the boon so she is asked god himself is telling her and he is telling you enter into that highest heights where you can live as godheads live who care not for the world 685 you can be one of the gods celestials moksha ask i am divine i'll give you that 
and share not in the toil of nature's powers. Absorbed in their self-ecstasy they dwell, cast off the ambiguous myth of earth's desire, O immortal, to felicity arise. On Savitri listening in her tranquil heart, now she responds, O besetter of man's soul with life and death, and the world's pleasure and pain, and day and night, tempting his heart with the far lure of heaven, testing his strength with the close touch of hell, I climb not to thy everlasting day, even as I have shunned thy eternal night. To me who turn not from thy terrestrial way, Give back the other self my nature asks. Look at the power in these words. She is saying, you are asking me to enjoy and have fun. I want to build heaven here and I need Satyavan. Give back. Thy spaces need him not to help their joy. Earth needs his beautiful spirit made by thee. What will he do in heaven? Jobless. Everything is fine. Everybody wants to go to heaven. What will he do in heaven? There is no job for him. Earth needs him. To fling delight down like a net of gold. Earth is the chosen place of mightiest souls. Earth is the heroic spirit's battlefield. The forge where the archmason shapes his works. Thy servitudes on earth are greater, king, than all the glorious liberties of heaven. And then she says, Ki Heavens were once to me my natural home. I have come from there. I know what goes on there. That's not what I am here for. A heavier tread is mine. A mightier touch. There were the gods and demons battle in night. Or wrestle in the borders, or wrestle on the borders of the sun, taught by the sweetness and the pain of life. Look what she's saying. There, where the gods and demons are wrestling on the borders of day and night, and they are taught by the sweetness and pain of life. To bear the uneven, strenuous beat that throbs against the edge of some divinest hope. To dare the impossible with these pangs of search. We were born to convert the impossible into possible. In me the spirit of immortal love stretches its arms out to embrace mankind. Too far thy heavens for me from suffering men. This is the spirit of the ancient yoga you see in all the great luminaries of the great past of India. Not like you know now go to mandir, tan tan tan, mera ghar mein laddu aajai. I have given you 5 rupiah ka prasad. For earlier it used to be 5 rupees prasad. I don't know now maybe 500. So that I get a check, paycheck every day, every month of 5 lakh. It's the bargain. Is this? It has nothing to do with Hinduism. By the way, 
please hinduism was never weak souled and weak hearted like this going to the gods joli pasar ke mera pocket mein kuch dal do so there the power to challenge death to seek from god look you know what is savitri doing challenging death look at rama look at krishna i mean what an inspiring life this is or august who drinks the ocean or vasist who challenges the mighty king vishwamitra this is the great and glorious past you know we speak of imperfect is the joy not shared by all what is the point that i'll experience bliss when others struggle and suffer oh to spread forth oh to encircle and seize more heart still loving us has filled thy world oh life the life beneath the veiling stars for victory in the tournament with death what lines they are i want to play a game who should stand opposite me when the soul is asked when the ego is asked it'll say somebody who i can win easily you know that's what when the soul is asked let death stand opposite me i will prove one day that i am immortal because i know i am that in victory in the tune for victory in the tournament with death for bending of the fierce and difficult bow you know that dhanush shiv dhanush for bending of the fierce and difficult bow for flashing of the splendid sword of god the sword of knowledge oh thou who soundest the trumpet in the list part not the handle from the untried steel take not the warrior with his blow with his blow unstruck are there not still a million fights to wage fight against darkness ignorance discord suffering how can we say now i want a retired peaceful life how can one enjoy till every soul on earth is not awakened oh king smith clang on still thy toil begun wailed us to one in thy strong smithy of life thy fine curved jeweled hilt called savitri thy blades exultant smile name satyavan so this is the poon she has asked may we all have the courage and truth to ask this poon and may the lord grant us all this and not only open the path but give us the courage to walk the path it's one thing to know about the path it's very different to walk the path but the grace is there and she holds our hands and the love is there to carry us through all the rigors and trials and tribulations of this wonderful delightful and dangerous journey